This is the Nona.fm Rewind Podcast. Recent interviews and segments that aired on Nona.fm. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please share it with your friends. Welcome into a Thursday, September 22nd. Let's take a look and see what happened on this day in history. Pretty TV-centric today. 1999, the dramatic series The West Wing, which was created by Aaron Sorkin, debuted on TV. It enjoyed high ratings with its depiction of the inner workings of the administration of a fictional U.S. president. 1994, the first episode of Friends aired on NBC, and the show became one of the most popular sitcoms here in the U.S., and I remember folks were crazy about friends. I just wasn't quite getting into it. Never have gotten into it. I know enough to be dangerous about friends. And that's all. Take a look at our birthdays today. Who's getting a year older on this Thursday, September 22nd? Sherry Belafonte is turning 68 years old today. Singer Joan Jett, 64. Opera singer Andre Bicelli is turning 64 as well today. He did a concert during the pandemic. Him Alone in a Church. Absolutely amazing. I think YouTube aired it. Scott Bayo is turning 62 years old today. He was the focus of a lot of crushes in the 80s. And Tom Felton of the Harry Potter films is turning 35. On the September 22nd, first day of autumn. It's also Business Women's Day. Chainmail Day. Centarians Day. Also, Elephant Appreciation Day. It's Falls Prevention Awareness Day, probably because it's the first day of fall. And Girls' Night In Day. It's also a day we celebrate hobbits as well and proposals. And we try and go car-free in World Car-Free Day. Our foods of the day, they include ice cream cones. That's good. White chocolate. That's not good. That's your foods of the day. Whatever the case may be, make sure you make today. Thursday, September 22nd, extra special. Let's take a look at our events calendar for this Thursday. It is September 22nd. Looking forward to Friday tomorrow, starting out early in the morning, 8 a.m. It's Blooming Women. Be sure to check this out. It's a great opportunity for you to network, and they're going to have some great speakers as well. It's going to be about mental wellness to beauty and professional growth as well. And again, that starts out 8 o'clock tomorrow morning for networking and fun. We've got Art After Dark, 6 till 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Friday Night Lime is going to be from 6 till 10. They have some live DJs there. DJ Chino, DJ Matt Noriega, and DJ Trini D are going to be there. Live music, delicious bites, tasty cocktails at Lime tomorrow night. And then Saturday, a lot going on. Yoga Nona is going to be in Loria Park in Crescent Park, St. Cloud Farmer's Market, Lake Nona Farmer's Market. Coming up Sunday from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m., it's the National Volleyball Weekend Celebration, a fun family tournament. So check all of this out on our Nona.fm website. and Just look for the events calendar. You can also find the events calendar in the Nona.fm mobile app as well. So our Meet the Candidates uh, segments continue, uh, both podcast and we're airing these, of course, on Nona.fm. And joining us this morning is Maria Salamanca, who is running for Orange County Public Schools, uh, the uh, to sell on the school board, District 2. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here today. Appreciate you coming in. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure thing. So I am the product of OCPS as a district. I went to school here first grade all the way to 12th grade when I headed off to college in California. 
Um, so I, you know, I was born in Columbia. Uh, my family came here when I was seven years old. We moved to Orlando, Florida, and that's kind of where I, I really grew up. Um, I went to six, seven different schools here in the district. So started at McCoy Elementary, like George, uh, went to Conway Middle, and eventually my family moved out east uh, to where I went to Discovery Middle, then Avalon Middle, and eventually Timber Creek High School. So, so you know your way around a right. lot of school buildings. <laughs> I really do. You can, you can, and, and a lot of administrators and a lot of the district. Good deal. Good deal. So, what inspired you to run for school board? What what said, Maria? We've got to run. Yeah, I mean, it was it was several things that kind of happened at the same time. So I moved back um, in 2020. Uh, I was in California, and my I got really grateful that I was able to go remote and have a job that goes remote. So I moved back as soon as I could. My whole family's still here. I always come back at least two or three times a year, even when I was away for college or for work. And you know, there was a, a couple things. I think as I moved back, I have always stayed in touch with a lot of my teachers. And spent time catching up with them and hearing just how tough the COVID times have been for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're they're expected to do a little bit of everything. Uh, health counseling, health safety, teaching, tutoring. I mean, a lot of the kids fell behind during COVID times. So oh, yeah. They're catching up. And then on top of that, obviously, you have a lot of, of uh, restrictions coming down on them from Tallahassee on what they can teach, on things they're supposed to be telling the parents about, on books that are supposed to be read or banned or not and so it's just like additional more work on top of what they have and so what you're starting to see is teachers are leaving and some of the best teachers have made a massive difference in my life so you know I eventually got into gifted because the teacher advocated for me I eventually um, got into AP classes because teachers advocated for me I went to a really good college I went to UC Berkeley because teachers kind of guided me and 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 college prep me per se and seeing that some of the the most effective teachers in my own journey were leaving the classroom and that generations after we're not going to have this and that's a big loss you have at the florida level 9,000 teachers that will not be returning to the classrooms in august and that wow. means our kids are going to be coming in and not having teachers in the classroom maybe many of them will have substitutes and we know how much that impacts learning so we kind of seeing this pressure coming down on making the job harder, seeing many of the best teachers leaving. Um, Joanna Lopez uh, came to me. She was the current uh, school board representative for District 2. She is running for House District 43. Um, and she, you know, asked me and encouraged me to, to consider it. She said, you're, you're a student of the district. You know your way around it. You can speak to the student voice. You, you care deeply about teachers. Um, and so there, there was that. And I think the, the second component uh, is what I do in my day to day. So I'm an investor. Um, when I moved to California after I graduated, I work in venture capital. So if anyone's watched Shark Tank, mm-hmm. it's kind of yep. like that. Gotcha. <laughs> Except I invest in tech companies. And so for the past seven years, I've been investing in tech companies that are building kind of the world of the future five to 10 years from now. And I'm very much aware what's coming down the pipeline in terms of our economy and how much it's going to shift how much automation is going to impact the future oh, of jobs yeah. yep. um, and just how we have to have our schools and education system match up to our rapidly changing economy. And even more so right now that the economy is going to, you know, with high recession, potentially um, high inflation, potentially a recession coming our way. So there was a lot of things that I felt I could bring to the table that I see from my own experience. 
and have learned of where we're heading, that, that I have that voice that can help our districts look around the corner 10, 15 years on what really matters. When you mentioned teacher retention, what, what are some ideas that, that you bring to, to improve teacher retention? Because you mentioned a lot of state edicts that are coming down. There's things that obviously that are beyond control. Yep. Everything from the price of housing to inflation. How, how, what, what are your ideas on that front? Yeah, well, the, you're right. There's a lot that we can do at the school board, especially when it comes to curriculum, right? If, if we're being told we can't teach certain things, that's not, some of it is in our control, but a lot of it is not. Right. Um, there have been other models in other school districts across the country that have worked really well for some of the teacher shortage. And, and, and the idea is that even if our teachers are leaving the classroom, and I think 55% of teachers in this world, in, in the current times, are accelerating their leave the classroom plan. So that's a big number. Oh, yeah. We have 9,000 you know, folks that are not going to be showing up to, to class because they're uh, leaving the profession. And then on the students who want to become teachers, so training programs in education, we've seen a one-third reduction in enrollment. So nobody wants to be a teacher as well. So it's a, it's a very long-term problem. What I've, I've been kind of looking into is what, what are other districts around the country who have – you know, not solved for, but done a better job at decreasing that massive gap. And there's some good models around what it looks like to reach students, even when they're in high school, and start kind of training programs on education, creating that pipeline from the same district into potentially teaching positions in the district. There is obviously other programs, Teach for America is kind of like the most known one, where you have students who after they graduate college go and do two to three years as you know, residents, as they're they're fully certified, they have to go through the certification process, but they get placed around the country. And as a district, you can open X amount of spots for Teach for America. Many of these come from really great uh, schools, and colleges around, and, and the idea is, hopefully, they really enjoy their time and can stick around. Um, and then there is a lot of programs on the substitute level and the paraeducator level where. Folks enter the classroom, have a teacher kind of mentor them, teach them the ropes of being a teacher, managing a classroom, and getting them to stay afterwards. So there's there's different ways to approach the problem to have more teachers developed as well as retained. Um, I don't think there's one easy solution, but I think there is other districts that have done a really good job, and, and we could do better. Is there, are there other areas beyond teacher retention, safety, that, that come to your mind when it comes to the schools that where you can see areas where you can Im- make improvements or hopefully bring fresh ideas? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so I was at Timber Creek um, at the peak of Timber Creek overpopulation. So it was right before East River was built. Um, I think Timber Creek was at 4,200 students at the time, uh, no. which was, I think, more than double probably its capacity. And it wasn't to East River. I was like, the relief school was built that that went down. So by my senior year, it was it was much better. But I was there for two years where it was, I mean, kids were sitting on desks on top of each other, basically, because there was just wow. no space. And um, I think Lake Nona High School is going through this right now as well. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Because they're well over 4,000. Well over, over that. And so I'm very familiar with the impact that that has on both teachers and students. Um, obviously, there is a relief school that's coming up. Um in the innovation area. Yep. 
And so that's good, but it also means that we as a district need to be prepared, one, to make sure we have teachers for that new school because what often happens when you have a relief school like this, and this happened with East River, is there is a massive great difference in gap. There is a massive gap in between the kinds of teachers that are there ready to stay at the school and, and the administration being prepared. So that's something that's really important, right? Because if your kid gets uh, redistricted and, you know, this whole area has been together for a very long time, you don't want to feel like, oh, the school you're going to is just getting started, you know, getting a, yeah. getting their, their ducks in order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not where you want to send your kids. So there's right. that's something that is in control of, of the school board um, and the superintendent. And so that's an area that I, I, I care deeply about, making sure that that transition goes smoothly and that our kids are taken care of and the parents feel heard. Um, and the teachers are being recruited and really good high quality teachers potentially hopefully can be there long term and so that's one um i think in general you know I, i'm on the younger side right i am actually not a parent i'm not a teacher i'm i'm, I'm really through and through a student of the district and from my career what i've learned is just how important it is to have teachers in the classroom that teach you how to learn instead of just like teaching you you know just math or just english right because the the love for learning is really what's going to help you professionally long term. Yep. And so that's really important in where we are today with our economy. I mean, you have in the last 7 years, 95% of the new jobs added to the economy were gig workers, right? So Instacart, Uber, Lyft, you name it. Um you have for the first time in decades, college enrollment dropping, uh, dropping. So, like, mm -hmm. you have you have one or two million uh, students less enrolling in college, and it's not because folks don't value education, but because our economy is changing and there is ways to make money in other alternatives, right? Yep. And so, it is important for me long term to have a voice in the school district that understands how our economy is changing. And can support that the district is thinking ahead of that, right? How are we career ready? What's well, like a career readiness of our students? What's the college prep that they're receiving? Because that's really important for their success. Ultimately, in the classroom, teachers should teach, students should learn. This is your Exit 13 Sports Update on Nona.fm and Lake Nona High Athletics. Freshman and JV football are on the road at Timber Creek this evening. And girls bowling, Lake Nona trailed East River University in third overall place yesterday. Alana Rodante led the Lions with a 150. Boys also scored third overall with Christian Reinhardt leading with a 201. Turnpike rivalry tonight between Browns and Steelers on Amazon Prime. Pittsburgh leads the series 76-61 plus one tie all in all time. Astros over the Rays 5-2 as Tucker hit a game-winning two-run home run for the Houston Astros in the eighth. Rays are home tonight against the Blue Jays. Cubs rally back from three runs back to beat the Marlins 4-3. PGA President's Cup teed off this morning in Charlotte. Join David Grimm and Coach Robinson every Monday night at 7 here on Nona.fm for the Exit 13 Sports Coach Robinson Show. Brought to you by orthopedic sports surgeon Dr. Von der Wright. This is your Exit 13 Sports Update on Nona.fm.
Taking a look at our business news here on Nona.fm. And the market stock slid yesterday after the Fed revealed its latest big rate hike to curb inflation. We'll talk more about that in a moment. With the Dow finishing the day 500 points down, travel and entertainment companies were some of the hardest hit, including hotel and casino operator Caesars. And it was boom, boom, pow yesterday. Drone pow just went back to back to back. And it's increasingly urgent campaign to stamp out inflation. The Fed chair unleashed a third straight interest rate hike of 75 basis points. While the massive increase was expected, it highlights how concerned the Fed is that higher prices will stick around if it doesn't take a fire hose to the economy. And so its boosted rates were the fast have been the fastest pace since the 80s. Now the country's benchmark interest rate has reached its highest level since 2008. And don't look for them to come down anytime soon. In fact, most Fed officials expect rates to rise even more next year before potentially being cut back in 2024. And yes, all of this is going to lead to economic pain, according to Powell. The Fed projected that the unemployment rate will rise from the current 3.7% to 4.4%. At the end of 2023, a spike in unemployment that's typically accompanied by a recession. He said, quote, we've got to get inflation behind us. I wish there were a painless way to do that. There isn't. That's what Powell said yesterday. Hey, look at other headlines. Robert Sarver will create, uh, sell his basketball teams, the Phoenix Suns and Mercury owner, said he's kicking off a process to sell both teams after an investigation found he used racist language, harassed employees, and fostered a toxic workplace culture. In a statement, Sarver wrote that words that I deeply regret now overshadow nearly two decades of building organizations that brought people together. He was suspended by the NBA for one year and fined $10 million, but some players in the Suns jersey sponsor. PayPal said the punishment was light for the crime. And if you're gambling online and streaming it on Twitch, they're going to be banning some gambling streams, especially digital slots. It's one of the most popular streaming categories on Twitch, but folding under pressure from popular streamers like Pokemon A, who threatened to boycott Switch, announced that creators can no longer stream themselves gambling on sites that aren't licensed in the U.S. or other jurisdictions with sufficient consumer protections. That's your business news update here on Nona.fm. Good Thursday morning, Curtis with you on Nona.fm. So late, we recently had Lauren Kirk on the show. Now, she is the owner of Lightly Salted here in Lake Nona. And one of the things that came up when we were having a discussion about it is whether or not it affects those that have high blood pressure and who need to stay away from salt. But there is no evidence that sitting with the salt aromatherapy and Lightly Salted will affect your blood pressure. Not doesn't work that way. It's only through the uh, intestinal tract or the digestive system. Well, a Japanese beverage and food company, Kieran, is about to release a line of bowls and spoons that uses a weak electrical current to make food taste saltier without actually increasing the salt content. That's going to hit the market in 2023 and will work by making sodium ions hit the taste buds. 
Now, of course, as we mentioned, too much salt can lead to high blood pressure, and Japanese men eat more than twice the recommended amount of salt per day. I wonder how much us in the U.S. eat on a given day. We know how much sugar we eat, way more than we can ever imagine or think that we're eating. But I uh, wonder what that salt intake would look like as well if you pulled it all out and took a look at it. But uh, interesting. We'll see if this makes it to America. This is definitely a Japanese thing. I don't know if folks are going to put electrical current salt things, you know, utensils in their mouth that's uh that's unique and then the wires and the, what batteries i don't know i i i'm curious to learn more about this once it hits the market i'm sure we'll see them pop up on youtube and various review places so keep an eye out for the uh, salty utensils coming our way Good Thursday morning. Curtis with you on Nona.fm. Of course, NFL back in action tonight. My favorite Steelers taking on their rival, the Browns. So looking forward to that tonight. And a great Thursday ahead of us. I think it's going to be a little bit nicer than it has been. We're starting to dry out a little bit. Looking forward to a nice weekend as well. We'll check the forecast for you in just a few moments. Well, Pumpkin Spice Pizza. A few years back, the New York, New, a New Jersey pizza chain, Villa Italian Kitchen, introduced America to the horror or wonder of a pumpkin spice pizza. The dish had dough smothered in pumpkin pie filling, which was then covered in a layer of mozzarella cheese. Another layer of pumpkin pie filling was piled on once it was out of the oven. A spokesman for Villa Italian Kitchen said... It's a magical place where all the deliciousness of pizza meets, meets the flavors of pumpkin spice. Not sure if Villa Italian Kitchen is still creating this thing. By the way, if you Google pumpkin spice pizza, you will find a number of recipes. Am I going to try it? No, I do not get on the pumpkin spice bandwagon. I'll eat pumpkin pie, but that's about it. I am not a huge pumpkin fan. And I only eat pumpkin pie like it's Thanksgiving. That's it. But not a huge pump. Now, my wife's pumpkin pies, my gosh, they're incredible. $50 a week goes to who knows what. According to a survey by, a survey by Visa, Americans spend roughly $48 a week on, well, who knows what. We're spending about $200 a month on miscellaneous stuff that we don't keep track of. And that number sounds high. I would think it'd be 50 for a month, but wow, $200 a month just kind of evaporates, I guess. Coming up, we'll take a look at our uh, traffic and weather. That's on the way. We'll take a look and see what happened on this day in history. Also on the way, a sports update as well. Coming up, we'll take a look at our Lake Nona weather forecast in just a moment here on Nona.fm. But something spooky is going on in Mexico. A 7.4 magnitude earthquake rattled Mexico City on Monday, which is the same date, September 19th, as two other massive earthquakes that hit Mexico. One in 1985, I remember that one, and the other in 2017. Now, what are the odds of this happening? One physicist said the probability of three earthquakes happening on the same date is about 1 in 133,000. While another expert marked the odds at even far, far lower than that. 
and said, quote, the coincidence of the dates of the earthquakes deserves to open new lines of scientific research. All this comes from Mexico's National Seismological, Seismological Service. And they released that uh, statement as well. Stick around. Weather forecast up next on Nona.fm. Good morning, Curtis, with you on a Thursday here on Nona.fm. Coming up, Maria Salamanca is going to be joining us. She is running for Orange County Public Schools, a district or a seat, I should say, number two. And so she's going to be coming up in just a few minutes to be talking to her. She was part of our um, of our um, Meet the Candidates series, along with many other candidates here in Lake Nona. And so we're looking forward to that conversation with her again. That'll air in uh, just a few minutes here on Nona.fm. Spotify, well, they're hitting the books. They started selling audiobooks in the U.S. this week. And it represents part two of the company's push to become a one-stop shop for your ears. The first one, by the way, was podcast. Spotify's head of audiobooks, Nir Zitcherman, said that the audiobook market is expanding by about 20% annually. What he didn't say is that it's dominated by one big player, Amazon. Its service, Audible, accounted for more than 40% of the audiobook market in 2018, according to data from Codex. But Spotify could turn down Amazon's volume with its offering. Zickerman teased the possibility of a freemium model, which would add free as supported audiobooks to the service, and amateurs will be able to upload audiobooks to Spotify as well. So if you thought your coworkers' text only ebooks were cringe worthy, you can share them with the world in audio. Now there's an interesting wrinkle. You're not going to be able to purchase audiobooks in the Spotify app. Instead, you'll have to buy them on a separate web page before downloading them in the app. And the reason that you do this, and Amazon Amazon does this with Kindle books. Now, I don't know about Audible. I think you can purchase books directly from Audible, but that's done via credits that you buy separately in Amazon through subscription. So, But I think you can buy books ad hoc at Amazon as well. But the reason they do this is to circumvent the cut that Apple and Google would take from the purchases if you made the, the purchase in the app. So that's how they, uh, why they do that to get around that. Maria Salamanca, she's up in a moment here on Nona.fm. Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Rewind Podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, while you're at it, please share it with your friends.